Welcome to the Geek Geek Podcast, where it's snowing on the first day of spring. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. It's not snowing, but it's raining here. Okay, so well, we're in almost. kind of similar boats. It's thinking about raining here, but it's just snowing. Um, yeah, today we're talking about kind of, this came out of last week's discussion. We were talking about work, and then we started talking about like projects and getting things started. So we wanted to talk about yep. like starting new projects, because at this point, between the two of us, we've done that a lot, I would say. yeah. I mean, this is one of those projects that we did where it was uh, we had just kind of done it after a while of talking about it, where we just we want to do stuff like this. We tend to be those kinds of people who just do stuff, or at least I do. Yeah, I I think about it. I sometimes run into a little bit of a thinking about it for too long. I mean, at this point, usually mm-hmm. if I've been thinking about it for a while, it's because I know I don't have the time right now. So I have to kind of push it off because right. if I want to do it, I want to commit to it and like put enough effort into it to actually make progress i don't want to put like two days in and be like excited then not have the time to consistently follow through yeah but yeah i mean at this point between blogging and like all of the video and audio work i've done over the years and like learning new skills and uh you know teaching myself web development and then doing all sorts of web dev and like uh, digital marketing like i've done so many different projects and skills and like learning new things that yep i am i kind of know how to approach it for myself anyway and that's kind of the like I'm I'm between that right now because I'm I'm learning to be like that where I want to do so many things and over the past maybe five ish years I've just well it's probably been longer than that that let me be honest probably about the last ten years specifically I have just started things I have done whatever and I would be juggling like five different things at once I'm like okay I'll start this and I would set out these crazy goals for myself like I would write them out and it would be these new projects and new pro like new novels. Uh, uh, how many I wanted to get done over a summer. And I'm a fast writer, so I can get multiple like first drafts of novels written out that are really garbage. And then I'm like, I need to do this website or videos and just these things around the house. or And then I need to train for a marathon or a half marathon. And it's like... I found out that those kinds of things, those ideas that I have where it's always me wanting to start something, it's uh, it was actually from Bipolar 2. That was hypo- hypomania. And uh, the more I talked to my counselor about it, uh, one of the major things is doing so many things, being really excited about them and trying to juggle them all, then getting burned out and being unable to do any of them. And it was literally the cycle of my life uh, as long as I could remember. And so the the starting new projects is something that's really close to me because I have to pay really close attention to it and where I'm putting my energy and how I'm putting my energy into it. Um, yeah, so I guess that's maybe a place to start is talking about like capturing ideas because I found that that's a huge piece of it. Mm. And there's something to be said for like, well, okay, I, I don't think people give themselves credit enough for like being able to have ideas because everybody kind of has ideas a lot of the time. Like once you right. talk to people, almost everyone has some kind of idea of a project they want to do or a thing they want to learn or an approach they want to take. Like, you know, everybody, not everybody has like a novel in them, but everybody has right. something. And Uh, part of it is that like when you have these thoughts a lot of the time they're like fleeting they're off the cuff or off the top of your head Mm -hmm. and capturing them becomes really important so like i know i've talked about all my lists before one of my lists is just quick notes and 
I literally have that for just like if I have something and it doesn't fit anywhere else in kind of my system for organizing stuff, I have that as a catch-all. So mm. if I ever have like a new project idea, um, a lot of the times I'll throw them in there. Um, I actually do have lists for projects because that's how I am these days. Otherwise, my time is wasted. But um, if yeah. you don't, just knowing that you can capture it somewhere and it doesn't have to be somewhere fancy. Like you can have, if you have a notebook, you always carry with you. Or if you like just the notes app on your phone, you know, you don't have to have it organized into like subfolders and multiple lists that are nestled within other lists. Like I do. Um, you can literally just have like <laughs> a notepad on your phone or in person. Yeah. I mean, how do you deal with like capturing your ideas? Uh, pretty much the same way you do. Actually, I end up using my phone a lot whenever it was, whenever I had an iPhone, I honestly, just use the reminders i liked being able to just put a just quick like it, because of the way that the reminders worked it really was just a straight up list so i could see it really all the time and then uh would just type them in there anything that i had and then i would try to transfer it either into google drive or or a longer document or write it down on like a uh in one of my notebooks which is also i'm kind of notebook obsessed so I, i make sure that i keep hard bound notebooks all the time with me uh, at some point, like one of them, like I have Moleskine notebooks and Code and Quill notebooks. And I have the that planner I've talked about a hundred times just sitting around where if I need something to jot an idea down, I've got it right there. Most of the time it's my phone. Uh, but when I'm working or something like that, I, I sometimes I don't want to grab my phone and it's easier and, and works a lot better for me just to keep a a notebook and a running tally, I guess. Well, and like, I didn't realize until I started blogging regularly, which again, I'm kind of out of the writing mode these days just due to how much time I have free, which is not a lot. Yeah. But when I was writing consistently for multiple years, um, I would have a really good thought or an idea and I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll grab that in. Like I, I would say, I'll, I'll write about that later. And that would never work because I would forget <laughs> it. And then no. I would go, oh, okay, I'll write it down in 10 minutes. Like I'll just, okay, just let me finish the thing I'm doing and then I'll write it down. And even that, even like a five or 10 minute span is all it takes sometimes to like knock it out of your brain and then you can't get it back. So that was when I started realizing that when you have an idea, just stop and capture it right away. And it's usually just like a couple quick notes. It's like all of 10 seconds, you know? Yeah, it might not even be that. Sometimes the the longest time is opening up the app or finding it or pulling the phone out of your pocket. I've taken to using voice chat for that where I'll use either... Uh, whatever assistant is on my phone and just tell them to take a note or set a reminder for say eight o'clock in the morning and that way I know that I'm going to be around something at that time where I can write it down later that's been really good for me uh, just to give a timed reminder when I'm just out and about and off the cuff just to write it down or just say yeah. it before I can write it down. Yeah, for sure. And then the next thing that we said, well, you kind of wrote this in here, so I wanted to know what you were thinking. You said don't let fear uh, get in the way. Like One of the things that really gets me, and I've had to really learn over the years, is that, um, that for me, I'm afraid of failing at things. I've only 
ever done things I'm really good at that I have never done any like I won't start I won't let myself be a part of it if I'm bad at it if I know that I'm going to fail like if there's the potential to fail or that I may not be just incredibly talented at it so uh, it's been a real challenge for me I guess to to look at it and see that I am scared and why I'm scared to start this new project like the podcast I hate my voice void. I cannot listen to it very well. Like it hurts me to listen to our episodes or anything like that because I've I've always despised the way that I sound. And I know everybody hates the way they sound a little bit, but it it's something I've never watched a play I've done. I've ne- I don't really watch videos of myself. It's I don't like listening to our podcast very often. It's uh I'll listen to to I just, I hate it. So for me, podcasting was a real, like, I was scared to get out there because I was afraid of the people who would also, like, hate my voice. Like, they would be like, oh, I'm not listening to this guy because he sounds like an idiot. And it's not, and it's, I sound like a dude. Anybody else who said anything to me was like, you sound like a guy. And it's just, I'm so self-conscious about things like that, that I'm afraid of not being something like where I sound like a jazz DJ. It's like, I don't have the radio voice. So I'm scared that somebody is not going to like that. And I don't know, it's just that that idea of fear has always stopped me from doing things. So it's like when it now when I have a project, it's like, eh, if I fail, I fail. If somebody doesn't like it, then uh, I mean, I can't do anything about that where the only thing that I really don't do because of fear are things that are uh, like physically dangerous that kind of stuff. But in terms of that, I'm, I'm trying to really push beyond that. I, I look at why I'm scared of wanting to start something, I guess. That's interesting because I don't really run into, I mean, when it comes to projects, right, starting new projects, I don't really run into the fear aspect, but I tend to overthink it. And like I said, mm. kind of upfront, it's more about the timing thing and knowing how much time something will take. But earlier on, before I was like better at this, um, it was a lot about like if it wasn't all the way planned out, I didn't think that I could really start it until I had that plan right. in, in place. So it was like I, I needed to fully scope out the plan, which, you know, maybe some of that comes from working in like uh, a marketing agency and then doing dev work and just knowing the scope of a project before you ever actually start the work on it. Whereas now if it's a personal side project like this, um, I'm less afraid. I just need like a plan to get started. I don't need a plan to see the end of it. Whereas before I used to be like Mm. that, because like, you know, you and I, we adjust the podcast on the fly, like, you know, season to season, we we try to make changes and even like week to week if things aren't working or you know we're trying to hit different not goals but you know we we just tweak it we're not afraid to tweak it as we move along i wouldn't have been able to do that like 10 years ago or probably five years ago um yeah and you know part of it too is just having the idea and then waiting too long or overthinking it and like i love the podcast and the community that we have but i also know that i had the idea for the podcast like three years before we started and i think you probably (laughs) did too Um, absolutely if we had started then we would be this podcast might like actually make us money to an extent that it could pay for itself which again right if we could ever get there that would be great but this podcast isn't going to become like a main income stream for either of us that's not our goal nope but if we had started it three years earlier when we first had that idea the chances of that are so much higher because not as many people were doing it at the time and it's like 
like right now, if you want to get into like, you know, being a YouTube personality or streaming or something like that, like all the power to you, go do it and have fun on your own as a side project. But the chances of you ever like making like actual money off of it are so slim. You know, you need like you need to find the next thing or the next platform or the next whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that I learned with the novels that I was doing, that uh, whenever I started it, I started writing, goodness gracious, I can't remember when I started writing it now. Well, it came out in 2013. I did the Kickstarter in 2012. And one of the things that I learned at that point was that I was already late to that self-publishing ebook game, that there were already people who were incredibly established in there. And just how the the market was changing from what was already established in the marketing world part of it so it was it was something that I did well enough, but I came in too late still like I did really well and I was able to really use those use that money to have a down payment for my house not all of it but it was it was a good portion of it like it was awesome but if i were to try to i, I could never make a living off of it and i tried to do everything i could doing but I, I, it was never possible and people who like you said ex exactly like you said where they want to get in because other people are doing it that that ship has sailed it's like you have to do it because you like it i mean if you're streaming video games right now it's because you like it you're not going to be the next big uh, twitch star unless you find the next big game unless you find fortnite and get a, a an audience before it blows up like it did i mean those are the people who win at that and podcasting, like you said, the same way. If we had gotten on it before everybody and their brother started doing podcasts, then we may have been able to to explode a little bit more. But it's but we love doing this. Like I really look forward to doing this, and I know that you do too. So that's not part of it. But I know that if we had started it earlier when we first thought about it, it also wouldn't have. We wouldn't have approached it from the same mindset, and uh, I don't even want no one to say that. Like we wouldn't have approached it with this, and had it be the same atmosphere that we have with this one, it probably wouldn't have been as laid back. I think. Yeah, and like I don't regret it. Like we are where we are no. now, and it's awesome. And like we like to do this every week, which is why we do it. But I, I just want to throw it out there because like I know there are people who you know ten years ago, like I was thinking along those same lines, right? Like oh, I could like do something on YouTube and it, you could blow up big. But there are already people doing that. Maybe not ten years ago, but you know what I mean. Like if yeah. you, if you're not there almost too early it's basically too late and so if you have an idea for a project or a completely new approach that nobody is doing or there's like a new you know whatever a new um media stream or a new app or a new something um it's almost better to be early and be very rough than it is to be totally planned out and have everything go smooth but be later to it so that's just one of those things that over time it's like you know just don't let don't be like I used to be and do that analysis paralysis. <laughs> like, just start. That's such a huge part of it is to just get started. What is that software development uh, mentality of, uh, what is it, make it 
it was something about making it and breaking it. It was I saw it in reference to Uber and their cars, like uh, like make new stuff, break new stuff, something like that. Maybe where it was uh, you get it to minimum viable product, and whatever happens after that, you can uh, you can adjust on the fly after it's broken. And it's something that works for some things and doesn't for others. But for creative projects, I think it's absolutely the the side project hustle, the side hustle stuff. You absolutely want to get it out there before you think it's ready. There is no way that getting out there earlier is is going to be a bad thing unless it well, is. You'll get a lot of feedback, too, and you'll yeah. get, you know, you'll get input. And it's the thing is, like when you're first starting out, you don't have that many people looking at it. So almost all the input that you get is going to be positive or at least constructive. It's very rare, Mm -hmm. unless you're already an established personality to put out a new thing and immediately have negative like comments on it or input because it's hard to get noticed. Like the visibility problem <laughs> in all of the modern marketplaces is huge. So it's real. The struggle is real, it y'all. Is, it is. Like the visibility struggle. And, you know, I see it as uh, a creator, like for the podcast. Like I would love for more people to listen. Like, again, we're realistic at this point. We know what our audience is, we know the size of it, and we're totally happy with it. And so we like doing the Tell podcast. Tell all of week. your friends about us, though. Like yeah, right exactly. now. Tell a friend. That's how it spreads. This is how, you know, do it. But the other thing is, like, if there were a way to get more visibility into it, I know there are other people who would like to listen to this podcast. You know, I don't think we're ever going to blow up huge and, you know, be making a living off of it. That's just not going to happen. But I would still like to grow the community as part of it. And just getting seen is such a hard part of it. So, you know, go early, go sooner than you think you should. And it'll usually be the better option. It's very rare for that not to be the right option. Um, And then the other thing, kind of the last point that we wanted to hit, is that consistency and regularity and actually following through is such a huge part of it. Because, you know, everybody has ideas, like I said, capturing them is important, but not everybody has follow through. And, you know, like this podcast, like committing to doing it every week, like that's the hard part of it, you know, especially now that we're like three years in and we still have topics, we still have ideas, but every week we wrap up the episode and we go, what do we do next week? And like, we don't know, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> Star Wars is coming out and then we have our end of the year episode followed by our other end of the year episode. And then we take a break. Sometimes we know a couple weeks ahead, but most weeks, like we're going to wrap, you know, tonight. And when we stop recording, the first question is, uh, what do we do next week? Um, and that's and we'll normal. scroll down to the end of the document and we're gonna be like, okay, which one of these looks good? Yes, that's exactly what we sound like. But it is. I mean, I've basically found, and this is why it's a weekly podcast, like all of the projects I've done that have lasted a long time and I'm really proud of and I'm happy that I had done them over the long term, I did on at least a weekly basis. Anything longer than that between working on it and you lose so much momentum. And I don't know, have you found that same kind of timing? Yeah, if it if I try to do everything on a two week or a month basis, it's just not going to work. It becomes it's not a habit at that point that the follow through and consistency, like you said, is by far the most important. You can take a really, really bad idea and somebody is going to like it because you have a lot of that bad idea out there and they eventually see it. That um, one of the things that my supervisor told me that whenever he hired me was because I had been blogging regularly since 2008, that being able to do it is not easy. It's like I'd said, I think last week, where it was simply 
putting your butt in the chair, the fact that I knew that writing for a living was not glamorous, that it is putting your butt in a chair and doing it regularly and being consistent is is work. And so if you can sit down and actually do your project, then you're ahead of 99% of other people. Yeah. And when we were talking about this last week, you said do it really seriously for 30 days. And I thought that was pretty good mm-hmm. advice. Um, the thing that I would want to add to it is even if you don't continue after those 30 days, or even if like you can't get the consistency after 30 days, or, you know, uh, you just, you aren't feeling it at the very least, if you do it seriously for a month, you're going to learn so much from it. And you're going to take that into the next project. Even if the next project is not even like tangentially related, even if it's a completely new thing, you're going to learn so much about your process and what works or what didn't work. Or like you're going to come out of it with ideas because of how the last 30 days went. So I thought that was a good piece of advice that you said is to just like give it a month. It's just it's something that that it's not going to hurt you any. That's something that I've learned in a lot of these projects because I start and stop things all the time, uh, much to my wife's uh, annoyance. But it's something that if you can do it over over a month, you you see it beyond that golden, you know, this is beautiful and new and exciting uh, period. It's kind of that uh, it's like a relationship, really, where you know that it's going to it's going to be the the passion is going to fade and you're going to get into that companionship and friendship mode uh, as you go on. And for some people that makes you break up. And for some people that makes you stop doing whatever project it is that you started. But if you still like it, once the new and shiny is worn off of it, then there's a good chance that it's a project that you can stick with for the long term. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess to wrap up the subject, go get started. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like try it. And also I would love to hear like if any of you are doing something every week and we don't know about it, like if you have long-term projects that you're working on or a podcast that you have that you haven't told me about yet, you probably should because I'll listen to it. Um, (laughs) All that kind of thing. Like let us know. I mean, that's what we like in the community is like, I would love to know other creative things that people are doing. I think you would do. Oh, I absolutely do. I love it when I'm on Slack and I see somebody. I think it was Bama Shocks who started his uh, gaming podcast recently. And uh, Lyle has a podcast that he does and just talks about the podcasting pain of people getting started. And it's like, I love hearing about stuff like this. I really, really love having discussions like that. Cool. Well, speaking of podcasts, we should talk about the network. I listened to all of them this week because we're recording at our normal time. Um, Katie and Chelsea had the week off, but they have a great back catalog. You can always listen to their thoughts on a wide variety of geeky subjects. It's always a good listen. Um, Dive into their back catalog. Uh, Geekitude this week. So Joe and Ray talked all about movie trailers and kind of we're reviewing a bunch of the recent movie trailers over the last like six months or so. It was really fascinating to kind of hear them break it down like trailer by trailer and talk what they're excited about and what works for them in a trailer and what doesn't. And then Rob on the comic box did like three topics this week, which was kind of cool. Um, he did an infinity war trailer breakdown, like shot by shot, which Mm. I thought that was super interesting. I got a lot out of that, that I didn't catch by watching it myself. Um, he talked about Irish superheroes just for St. Patrick's day. And then he gave his impressions of like the first half of Jessica Jones. So listen to all the shows on the network. They're great. Um, the other thing this week is we have kind of a double shout out to the community, but, um, I was going to mention, so capsule J 
who is on Reddit. He's one of our mods on Reddit. He does a great job. And then on uh, Twitter, too. I talk to him all the time. But he is trying to pick, like, a promising-looking, he said, like, less than 15-episode anime series to have a weekly chat about on the subreddit, probably, and probably elsewhere online, too, Twitter and stuff. But he's going to put up a poll sometime in the next week or two, and he's looking to get, like, ballot suggestions. So any of you who are anime fans out there who haven't been to the subreddit ever, go to reddit.com slash r slash geek to geek cast um he is looking for ideas so if you guys want something in the poll or if you have thoughts about it or anything about the way to structure it let capsule j know and he is going to put that together so that'll be very interesting to see i hope that it comes together well um and then i think it's starting sometime in like early april ish but send suggestions his way and then the other thing that i saw you just added also involved him so he gets a double shout out this week yeah so uh this week i really have to give a shout out because this weekend actually um Capsule J and his wife, Rose262, they did their very first half marathon and marathon. So I really, really wanted to say how proud I am of them that Jay did his first uh, half marathon and rocked it. And that Rose did her very first marathon at the uh, the Georgia Publix Marathon uh, this past weekend. And I think it's fantastic. I've been seeing them talk a lot about the training that they've gone through. And that is an absolutely huge accomplishment for them. And I wanted everybody who's listening to uh to go give them a pat on the back because it's that that they've put a lot of work into that so so we're proud of you guys sweet awesome um with that it's time for weekly geekery where we share what we've been geeking out about this week did you see the two movies you have listed here or are those not out yet uh- no, they're not out yet. That oh, was one okay. of the things I've been geeking out about this all week long. Like this is my geekery has actually been me prepping for the stuff that I am excited for. Oh wow. That okay. This this month has so many movies that I want to see that uh it's I'm I'm probably not going to be able to see them all, but thankfully I have Movie Pass. And I mean just off the, you know, off the top of my head, I've been rereading Ready Player 1. Because I was Adam tickets. I don't know if you've ever used Adam tickets. A T O M. They have no. a thing on right now where uh, if you invite three people, you get a five dollar movie ticket. That uh, it's not that they have to accept. It's not that they uh, they have to buy tickets as well. It is literally if you invite three people through the app, then they give you a five dollar ticket. So I and it works for three D. So I grabbed a five dollar Ready Player One opening night ticket. And if there is one movie that I want to see in three D, it's gonna be this. Like I don't like three D movies, but if I'm gonna watch one about virtual reality and uh, being immersed in a different uh, world. I'm going to watch it in 3D. So I've been rereading it as I've run, like I'm listening to it while I'm running, and I'm about half an hour from the end as of coming in, like, what, an hour ago? So it's uh, it's still super good. Like, I know there's all this hate on the internet. I've seen so much vitriol about Ready Player One from different geek communities, and, you know, I still love it. It's something that's fun for me, and uh, I see the flaws in it. I'm an English teacher, of course. I see the flaws in it. It, but it's like it's fantastic like it just makes me happy so i'm super excited for the movie to come out so i've been really uh really prepping myself for it and i'm so excited for pacific rim that i didn't even realize that pacific rim came out this weekend um and pacific rim 2 and so i, I didn't know that love... either for some reason the spring this year is crazy for movies like yeah those two and then we have infinity war out next month and then solo is out right after that like yep 
And Tomb Raider came out this past weekend, and I want to see Tomb Raider, but I've heard it's not very good. And so I'm really, we're going to see it eventually. But I don't know, like we've, Jennifer and I have been talking about this with movies, that they really are packing it just to the brim this spring and summer. And it's because of the way that movie studios are pushing out the movies that used to, if a movie came out in February, you knew it was going to be kind of bad, because that was when they put out the movies that weren't Oscar bait. They were ready, but they weren't releasing them in December because they weren't Oscar bait. So, and they're definitely not summer blockbusters. So, but spring still had enough movies that, that they were okay. So January and February are trash movie month, but they're not anymore. You can look at a lot of the movies that have come out, like Annihilation and uh, Black Panther, and see that these are major movies by really high-end creators who are uh, getting critical acclaim. So a lot of it is the way that they're expanding that kind of blockbuster season um, in the summer and spring to let other quality movies be released uh, and actually not get overlooked. I'm, I'm both excited about it and very wary of it. And um, that, that that was me geeking out about the movie industry. Um, and also, Jennifer, I discovered a new Netflix show called Nailed It. Have you heard of this? No, I had no idea what this was on your list. I was curious. Okay, so it's a cooking show. And I know that you love cooking shows. I want you to try this when you have an opportunity. Because I, but I, I'm asking you, I'm telling you right now, you need to absolutely make sure you watch the entire first episode. This is not okay. a show that you stop after a few minutes because you're not going to get How it. How long is this show? Um, I think it's like 30 minutes. I think the okay. second episode can, was 33 minutes. So, sure. yeah, I mean, I'm not 100% on what the first one was, but the second was 33. So they're, they're around there. Now, this is a Netflix original cooking show that is based on the idea of doing Pinterest fails where you see these people who have you ever seen the Nailed It blog yeah. uh, or stuff like that, where it's like, I know Here's this beautiful about. thing from Pinterest. And then you see this person who tries like nailed it well that's what this cooking show is they get ordinary people who aren't chefs who just are are kind of moderately passable bakers and they they put them in a in in a kitchen and they have these competitions and uh, they see how well they can recreate these things done by the these professional chefs and it took us about halfway through the first episode before we realized, because I hated it at first, that it was kind of like cereal for, or not cereal, uh, kind of like S Town for me, where I started out and I really didn't like it. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't think I can do this. And then it clicked. Like everything kind of came together on how weird it was going to be. That it's really a parody food show. The way that they handle everything about it, that they are not taking themselves seriously, that this is a cooking show that is the exact opposite of chopped or cutthroat kitchen, that they know what they're doing is silly. It's not serious that it and they have a lot of fun with it. Like in the I'm not even going to say that, but there is a when you get to the to the main event in the first episode, they basically give the person who did the worst 
in the first one who who just completely failed they give them an extra bonus of uh to give them a a a fighting chance in the last one so and this is a competition for ten thousand dollars like the winner does get ten grand uh for for making the best of these but it's it's fun because it's like a parody cooking show and it's it's something that i had to watch it to learn that it was a parody that at first when you're watching it's like this is the worst cooking show i've ever seen what's wrong with these people and then you get through the entire episode it's like oh i see what they're doing i see they they're leaning into this and you know how i like when something leans into what it is it's like they they really leaned in on nailed it so i cannot wait to watch more cool okay i'll add it to my list i'll check it out um this week I watched a couple movies. I watched Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle, and it was uh, how did it was like exactly what I expected it to be, and it was yep. perfect for the time. Like, <laughs> you know, if yes. I wanted to shut my brain off and just enjoy it for what it was, I was not expecting like high cinema or anything. And um, nope. I started it, and my wife was like, "Yeah, I need to watch this too." So we just watched it together, and we had a lot of fun with it. I'll, I'm gonna like hold on to it. Like, I'll I'll probably watch it again at some point, but not yep. for a while. But it's the kind of movie where you just shut your brain off and enjoy it for what it is um, exactly yeah it succeeds exceedingly well at being it like they set out with a vision and they accomplished it it may be one of the most successful movies i've ever seen simply in terms of execution it's like hey guys let's make this movie and the outcome is exactly what was uh what that vision was yes it, uh and it's still ranking in uh, in money. Like it's still in theaters making money right now too. Like I've, it's bringing in money. That's crazy. Still, uh, yeah, like, yeah, it's nuts. Um, I also watched Black Panther, and it was really good. Yay! I don't think I have much to add beyond what you've said. I mean, I really liked right. that it was more self-contained than most of the MCU movies. Um, I think that served yes. it well. And then. I really like seeing movies that are based in another culture. Like at this point, and I've talked about this before, like, you know, I'm a straight white male it, it, and I live in suburbia. Like, what do you, you know, I don't need to see people like me on screen. I see that all day, every day. And that's kind of boring at this point. Yeah. Like, you know, that's the kind of movie that's been made for the whole higher, like entire history of movies. I really like seeing movies with main characters that don't look like me like i loved yeah. this movie and the fact that it was based around like you know africa and african culture and you know it was a made-up culture but it was a conglomeration of a bunch of thoughts from africa and it was just it was so nice to see a movie that was like based on not straight white male suburbia which again yeah. i i'm kind of bored of that at this point just like i love that we got a female lead in the current star wars trilogy like that's great mm -hmm. Like, I don't, we already had Luke Skywalker. He was fantastic at the time, but like, we need more perspectives. And like, I enjoy movies that come from other perspectives. So, yep. those two things I thought were really cool. And then just the fact their technology was so awesome. I didn't think it was a sci fi film. I know a lot of people said that it was, um, but yeah. I really like how that technology I'm sure is going to tie in so much to infinity war just because like yeah. they're more advanced than the rest of the world. And they're finally sharing with the rest of the world. So that was cool. Um, I did watch the infinity war trailer, the the second one that came mm -hmm. out in the last week. And then I rewatched it after black Panther. And I'm really excited for that movie. Did you see the newest one? This is the very first trailer for infinity war that has me excited about it. 
Yeah, until that's then, I mean, you know, I've been really trepidatious that that I know it's going to be an enjoyable movie while I'm watching it, but I'm also afraid it's going to be kind of a hot mess. And this is the first one that doesn't feel like a hot mess in the trailer. And I'm really this one. This one gives me a lot of hope that the Russo brothers are doing it right. Yeah, and I wonder what's going on with Hawkeye and with Ant Man because they're conspicuously <laughs> absent, and that and makes man, me everybody think they, is talking about that. Yeah, they probably are playing an important role, or they're very, very, very small roles in the movie. It's kind of mm-hmm. either or. Um, I don't see it being anything else. But anyway, I'm excited for Infinity War. I have my tickets already, and supposedly it's breaking all records for ticket pre-sales, which is something that they track these days. Ever since mm-hmm. the last couple of years, they started tracking it. Um, and then the new Fantastic Beasts trailer came out this week, too. Did you see that really? one? No, I didn't know about that. I haven't seen a thing about it. That- okay. That so has completely f- abandoned me. The first one Not I thought was all right, but I didn't. I don't know. I, I didn't see it I in theaters because, like, I didn't think I wasn't that interested. And it, it came out at home, and my wife had seen it in theaters, and she wanted to watch it again. So I watched it with her, and it was right. basically what I thought it was. I mean, it it didn't do a whole lot. I mean, it showed a little bit about like wizarding and America, but it was yeah. more of a tone piece and a period piece than anything else. This one looks like it actually has plot which is what's interesting. Whereas the last one, it had a very thin, very weak plot, and it went on Mm. way too long for the amount of story that it had to tell. This is actually getting into Dumbledore and Grindelwald and some of the stuff that we know from the Deathly Hollows. And then there's a tease right at the end of the trailer. You can see um, some shapes that it makes in the smoke near the end, and they are the Deathly Hollows. So I think we're finally going to get into some substance, and it'll be through... um, like you know, Scramander's point of view, which is fine, as long as there's more to it than there was in that first movie. Because that first movie really felt weak to me. It just felt like special effects and a money grab because Harry Potter, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's actually why I haven't seen it. I've heard really good things about it, that it that if you like Harry Potter, that you're going to like this movie. And that, that it's not bad. But it's been something that I've been completely disinterested in. That uh, I've told you I hate Eddie Redmayne's face anyway. But it's like, it's not even that. It's that Jennifer and I, and Jennifer's a bigger Harry Potter fan than I am. And even she hasn't seen it. Like, she hasn't wanted to. It's just kind of, it's there, and we will eventually, like, oh, that's there, let's watch it, kind of thing. Like, yeah. Like I said, I didn't even know this trailer was out. Somehow, I had completely missed it. Well, it looks much more interesting than the first one. Um, and then I played a bunch of games this week. I, I did more Into the Breach, and I got a bunch more squads unlocked. Uh, I played Kirby Star Allies since it came out, so my daughter mm-hmm. and I were playing that together. I did more Fortnite. I don't think I have a ton of new thoughts around it, except <laughs> that I'm still playing it. And I think this is the week I finally convinced you of how big it is. Would you say like, so? I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't understand. Like, and it's not even because I don't like it. Like, it's not because you know I can see things outside of my own perspective. No, but, but like I looking sent you at that article about yeah. the guy who makes like, uh, do you say like half a million dollars a month on streaming for Fortnite? Yeah, I want to, I want to die. Yeah, and then like, I, what know, have I done with my life? It is the number one app on like all of these app stores across the world on iOS and Android, and. It isn't even out yet. 
it is in pre-release. It's a lottery that you enter your email into and then you can maybe get it. And somehow it's wow. still the number one app everywhere. And I sent you a bunch of articles over the last week yep. to just show you. And I think it finally sunk in how huge this game is. And I, I truly don't understand. And it, it's, it, it's, it's, I don't understand how it happened. It's not that I don't understand that it happened, because I do see the appeal in this. But all of a sudden, it just hit that. It, it's been out the, the single player mode or the the save the world mode for a while and it was like eh. and then battle royale was out for a while and oh yeah it was in season two i think wasn't it when everything well, got the battle royale is in season three and each season is about 10 weeks so it's been out for like 25 weeks now and it just seems to have hit the mainstream in the last month which is kind of crazy like you had a chart that was basically was it the number of streams and channels that it was i can't remember exactly what it was like views versus minecraft no you it's really so, do see- what you can do on google is you can look at google trends which i do all the oh, time for google my job trends, that's yeah it. And okay. if you look at google trends it's not it doesn't give you hard numbers but it gives you like relative things so you can stack up any like two search terms or two topics against each other mm-hmm. and um with a maximum rating of 100 and you can see over time how they stack up and in the last month fortnite has overtaken minecraft in terms of it's kind of a blend of topic and people talking about it and searches and stuff it's google trends mm-hmm. data but fortnite is above minecraft now and it's just like that's crazy like it's all nuts there was one where you saw the the popularity and like search terms for it where it it's level at a very low at a very low level and it's plateauing basically and then all of a sudden it's not even a gradual Grow, like upturn it is a cliff like all of a sudden it just spikes up and continues that way where i don't i don't understand what precipitated that what what predicated that I, it's just oh i, I don't i, I want to know from a from a completely academic standpoint why this blew up that a sociological and like i just i need to know what clicked with people immediately like that like what made this like mass hysteria that this i don't even it's not hysteria that there's this mass love that happened all at once like honestly i want to know like being in it from near the end of season two until now i honestly think that it is the rate that they are iterating on this project because most of the mainstream gaming press and all of the like not even mainstream gaming press that I follow and I follow a lot of gaming press and journalists <laughs> um nobody's really talking about Fortnite except to say it's so big and we don't get it and the thing is almost all of them checked out the save the world mode when they had like I don't know yep. they were brought out to an event or it launched or it soft launched or whatever like a year ago and then all of them had checked out Battle Royale right when it came out. But if you look at what Battle Royale was when it came out versus where it is now, it's so different. And like, I can't overemphasize how much they iterate on this game every single week. Like, there are patches that come out. There are new modes that get patched in temporarily. There are like sometimes massive changes to the game, but every time it makes it better overall. And right. there's always something to go back to that's something new because they're so rapidly iterating on it in a way that I've never seen any company do before. Like, this is what 
in my mind, this is what games as a service should be. It shouldn't be one giant content drop once every six months that you then devour over the course of a week and then you feel like you have nothing to do right. again. This is a slow drip that's constantly improving, but it's it's paying off. Like there's no arguing that it's paying off. That's really interesting to me because in some places, like like for work for me, we have we've been trying to have weekly releases on stuff. And I know it's different from gaming, but we've had people say that we're releasing stuff too quickly for them to really get a handle on it, which is something that I could see in gaming as well. Like you keep on putting uh, putting this stuff out before I even get a handle on what changed last week. But where I know a lot of people like weekly and daily stuff a lot more than I do too, but I understand I would I may feel overwhelmed if they were consistently putting stuff in. But it's not I mean it's not like a World of Warcraft expansion every week, right? It's small changes. So it's like a couple weeks ago they added the hunting rifle, which is basically a sniper uh, rifle with no scope. And then like a week ago they added C4, which drastically changed how you could approach destroying people's buildings. And hmm. then they made a couple small tweaks to the rate that you harvest materials at. So you can't quite get as many as you used to. And it kind of uh, changed some of the fort building. And then they made a little change where they took out uh, smoke grenades because not enough people were using them. Like it's no hmm. one giant thing, but it is still more rapidly iterating than any other game that I've ever seen, I think. Okay, that makes sense. That 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 I can totally see that being a very, very big draw. Yeah, it's it's really cool. So I guess I just have some thoughts about Fortnite. Um anyway, I also <laughs> played uh a few different iOS games. Well, I tried a bunch, but again, I don't mention the ones not worth your time. Uh, Meteor Fall is interesting if you like deck building games because the interface is the same as Reigns, where you just swipe left or right. Mm. And that's the entire interface of the game, except it's a deck building game. So it's like you swipe one way if you want to fight a monster or the other way if you want to rest and then swipe this way to go find this treasure. That way, you know, it's like... It's all like 50-50 decisions, one of two choices. Okay. And so you can just sit there and rapidly play through this deck building game on your phone. And it's it's kind of a dungeon crawly deck building game. There's different classes to it. Um, it's not as good as something like play like Slay the Spire. Like that game is fantastic. But it's it's worthwhile. It's I think it's only a couple bucks. It might actually be free. Either way, I've been having fun with Meteor Fall. So if that kind of thing sounds like something you're into, check that out. And then I also tried Armello and Tokaido, which um, Armello is a purely digital board game that I talked about a long time ago because I own it on PC and it just came out on iOS this week. And then Tokaido is a board game that just got released on uh, digital and I never played it, but I've like, I think I watched um, like a tabletop of it or something. That sounds right. And it's basically you're competing to try to have the best vacation. It's a really interesting game. (laughs) Um, And playing these two like back to back and in the same week i'm starting to realize how important it is to have fast ai options in mobile games like i i've set this up in fire emblem heroes too which i'm still playing every day but like i have the ai turn like basically doing almost no animations and moving as fast as it possibly can so it happens almost instantly and I turned up all the settings that I could find in Takedo to do the same thing. And that took the game from a maybe I'll play this sometimes to I'm actually playing Takedo almost every day because it has fast hmm. AI. And I and Armello was just not optimized for mobile. And like maybe if you have a better device than I'm on, it's fine. But it is so brutally slow that it's almost unplayable. And it's oh. not necessarily a technical thing. It's more of a 
pacing thing. Like, I just want it to move faster, and it's just not. So that's one of those things that I'm going to keep an eye on as I move forward. I really, really want more options to turn up the speed of turns and to turn off animations and to make AI faster so that I can rapidly play games on my phone. Yeah, I mean, I understand that playing mobile games, it has to be fast for me that it's if something takes a long time, then there's no way that I'm going to play it on a cell phone because I'm out somewhere. I play play them in waiting rooms or in a car or something like that. And it's not going to be uh, I, I don't. I'm not going to get invested in something that takes a long time. It's one of the reasons that I stopped playing Hero Academy 2 is because the games would take a really long time. And it's why I didn't do a lot of Hearthstone because I may not be able to continue a a game because uh, even though they're quick, it's sometimes you can't do it on a phone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And then the last thing I played this week, um, I finally got around to Yakuza 0. And I'm kind of surprised. I mean, it's... I told you how six surprised me and hooked me. Right. And then everybody mm-hmm. told me, well, while you're waiting, try Yakuza zero because it's probably the best onboarding point for the series. And I just, I didn't click with it. Like I gave it a real try this time. The, the last time when I talked about it in the fall, I just missed it after like 20 minutes, maybe, maybe not mm-hmm. even that much. This time I put like four or five hours into it because okay. I, I picked it up for, and I think I mentioned this last week, but I, I pre-ordered six and there was a bundle where you could pay 10 more dollars and get a full copy of zero. So I did that and I put like five hours in. I mean, it's set in the eighties instead of modern day, which isn't my favorite aesthetic, but I was I was willing to work with it. Um, but something about like it's a much more straightforward story. Whereas before I was talking about like trying to figure out all the drama and like all of this history behind it, you know, this intricate mm-hmm. like soap opera. And this time it felt like just a straightforward, like you're a young guy and you just just have been in the Yakuza for no time at all. And it's like a Yakuza crime lord story and there's not much more to it. And I like there are elements that are a little over the top, but it's not like over the top enough. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it didn't I do. take it far enough. And part of it, I think, is also that like the engine just doesn't it's not the same engine. I, I didn't realize this until after I played it for a while, but I was like, this game just doesn't feel as good. And it there's not as much interesting stuff around. It's not as fun to like walk around the world and explore. And I couldn't put my oh. finger on why. And then as I was reading some of these early impressions of Yakuza Six, they're all mentioning how this new engine is great. And I was like, oh, Oh. all the other Yakuza games were made on an old engine, and that's what Zero is on. So apparently that really shows, even though I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I knew there was something there. Um, So anyway, in the end, I don't think Zero is for me, even though a lot of people that said that it's the best place to get onboarded into the series, I think Six might be. I think if you've waited as long as I have to try to get into Yakuza, Try it on this new engine because it's oddly compelling in a way that was really fun for me. So I'm putting zero down and I'm just going to wait because six is out in a couple weeks here. And you gave it a real shot. You didn't just go in and do your, oh, no, this isn't going to work. Send it back to Gamefly thing. You putting in five hours in something and you know it's not going to work. That's not something that you're just passing it off and and just being like, "Eh, I don't care. 
like I do a lot. That's it. You just you did good. You did good, kid. No, I I think that's something where no, it's something where uh, like so many people give recommendations like that, and it's like I often feel bad because they'll give me recommendations and I try it, but uh, I keep playing for a longer period of time because at first I don't get what they get on it, and then I keep playing it and I still don't get it, and that's when I know it's not for me. But sometimes I'm like, oh. Oh yeah, this is why this game is awesome, and I continue on beyond that. So yeah, it, so at this point, I'm unreasonably excited for Yakuza Six. Not like Game of the Year or like a Final Fantasy or a Persona game coming out, but like right. it's it's really weird, and I want to know what happens next. And I got cut off in the middle of it because they took away my demo that was not a demo, and <laughs> uh, I don't know, I don't know why I'm suddenly excited for this game. But I am. So I'm going to look forward to that. In the meantime, if you guys are looking for stuff to play, go play Into the Breach. It's still amazing. And like I said, I put a ton of hours into it this week. And Fortnite. Fortnite's good stuff. And speaking of mobile games, while we were on the con- the topic, I didn't get to say this earlier. I've, I'd forgotten that you had mentioned Florence a week or two ago. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's now out on Android that... Um, I saw that I'd put in my email or whatever to sign up for when it had been when it was released and it's finally out on there with the the mini games and brushing your teeth and stuff and I haven't picked it up yet it, it's basically on my wish list on my queue because like I had said Jennifer and I are trying to spend less time on our phones and uh, so I was like with something like that it will make me I know I'm going to get invested and and spend time on it. But for those of you who are on Android hearing about uh, Florence a few weeks ago, uh, if that sounded interesting to you, then uh, then it is out on Android now because it was uh, it was taking a little longer on the port. Well, and it's only a couple hours. It's not a long game and you're not going to go back. I thought you said I thought it was I thought it was longer than that. I really did. I was thinking it was like five or six hours uh, or longer. No, it was like two, maybe. It was it's short. It's only a couple bucks, but it's like reading a long comic, like a cup, maybe like a few issues of a comic back to back. Like you should get it and just play it. It'll take you all of part of a day. Not even. Okay, that was why actually why I didn't because I thought it was way longer and that I was going to be like investing a lot of time in it. No, that'll be fine because I think it's three dollars on Android. No, it's like a one sitting game. Game, story, movie, interactive thing. But uh, just do it in one sitting. That's the best way anyway. That's about it for this week. You can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address, as always, is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We have longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And remember, we have the poll up for Capsule J's Anime Watch, so uh, go to Reddit and vote in that. And we're also on Slack, so if you want to talk about anything with us in real time, go to slack.geek2geekcast.com for your invite. And we are also part of a podcast network, so you can head over to geek2geekcast.com to see all of our shows. I blog sometimes at agreenmushroom.com, <laughs> and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beach. That's Beach with two E's. And I'm now online at runningshoes.tv. We've been Foyn Beach with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, geeks.
Comics. Hey everyone, Rob here, your friendly neighborhood comic geek, inviting you to join me and my rotating cast of co-hosts each week on The Comic Box, where we tell you everything you need to know to become a world-class comic book geek. So join us for The Comic Box, each week, right here on the geek to geek Podcast Network. Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.